Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. We've got a very, very special episode this week uh, as we recap the recently released Wonder Woman film. Uh, we actually have some special guests. So I've got Frank, we've got AJ, and Hello. we also have Shayna and Megan. Hello. Hey, guys. So we... We thought that it would be really great to have uh, the female perspective on this movie, um, as it is one of the first, if not the first, solo uh, superhero film, especially from DC Comics. Uh, Marvel has not done this either. So um, I guess right off the bat, um, maybe what did everyone think of this movie? Did we did we enjoy it? Do we think it did uh, Wonder Woman justice? Yes, I will say that I really enjoyed this film. Um, I've enjoyed uh, most superhero films, whether it's Captain America, Iron Man, Spider-Man. Uh, I'm not quite sure about Batman versus Superman, but that's probably a whole other topic unto itself. But yeah. uh, to see this version of Wonder Woman, given how long I've personally waited to see this strong female superhero rise to the big screen... Uh, there were several moments that I definitely had tears in my eyes, both of just complete joy that I'm finally seeing a badass superhero woman rise to that level, but also just how well they captured her character and kept that, that, uh, consistency with who she is, both in the comic books, in the movie series, and, uh, who she kind of represents in this day and age throughout the film. So I really enjoyed it. Wow. I thought it was it was pretty incredible. I definitely cried a lot too. Uh, haven't cried that much since uh, the day after election day. Um, <laughs> and so I, um, I felt I felt there were a lot of different a lot of different things going on. Um, but I definitely really felt the kind of feminine touches. Um, and I appreciated, you know, when there were scenes with, with all of the women fighting, it was really exciting and, um, and a strong moment, um, to, to see all of those badass fighters, um, you know, showing how we can do it and we can do it better. Um, and that was really (laughs) exciting to me. Um, but definitely, you know, there were some, there were some moments where I thought they could have taken it even farther. Um, and, but I think that she did an incredible job, um, and that there were other strong female leads that, um, made it a really awesome step in, in a lot of right directions. Wow. That's great. Yeah. I, I really dug it as well. (laughs) Uh, I, I loved the, um, I love, I loved everything. It was, first of all, it's something brand new. Nobody's ever seen this before. So to be able to see, you know, the cinematic origin story of Diana Prince, uh, Wonder Woman, um, has almost been a hundred years in the making. So, and not only did I want to see it, but the rest of the country did as well, raking in about, it's currently tracking in around a hundred and, uh, $100.5 million this weekend at the box office, which yeah. pretty much plows over most of the early, single entry marvel films so iron man thor uh ant-man all of these kind of you know single entry marvel b-level characters all just got blown away by wonder woman first shot at the gate um i think that's awesome i think it's so good for uh warner brothers dc comics to have this film come at this time i think that uh it's kind of nice for them to uh have a movie that kind of First of all, it speaks to a larger message in a lot of the ways that kind of the Dark Knight did at its own little time. Um, And it, I think, will transcend the summer. And I think it's going to have a very successful run uh, at the box office going forward. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I mean, we had some competition. We had, you know, some movies released last weekend. But uh, the fact that it was such a strong release and had a really strong Thursday night. And uh, I, I agree. I think over the next couple of weeks here in June, I think it's going to rise to the top. I, there are still several uh, European countries it hasn't released in. So that's all really great news. Um, yeah. Like you said, it, it was performed better than 
most of the solo entries in, in Marvel. Um, I, I don't know if it quite beat Man of Steel, but uh, I, I think in in more of a critical sense, it certainly certainly did. And oh, it certainly did. It's a it's a uh, even walking out of the theater yesterday when me and Shannon were coming out of the uh, the big IMAX Lincoln Center theater, we heard people already comparing it to Man of Steel. And I think that this blows Man of Steel out of the water simply because you've just never seen it before. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so ladies, you are you are the special guest this week. Uh, data reviewed um, by, I think it was De- uh, Deadline, uh, says that 52% of the audience for Wonder Woman this weekend was female. Um, do you think that this, uh, you know, is something that women have really been waiting for? Uh can you speak to the kind of the female reaction to this movie, which is a very broad question. <laughs> I realize <laughs> it's, it's not very nuanced. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that there were, there were clearly some, some strong figures in the movie. Um, in addition to wonder woman herself, um, you know, the, the kind of mother motherhood aspect of it, I think it definitely, reached a lot, uh, an entirely different part of the audience. Um, and, and kind of, it's something that we don't think of so often, um, when you think about, about movies in general. Um, I thought that, that that part of it was really interesting. Um, you know, I, I kind of felt like, um, there were, there were certain aspects of it, like how he had the secretary, what was her, her name? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, she, he very clearly couldn't function without her, um, yeah. which is a really interesting, um, you know, another another play on on what a woman's kind of function and role might be. Um, whether you know you kind of look at it negatively, thinking you know, oh, she's the secretary, or you know, you say, of course, you know, here's this mm-hmm. who's trying to be the male superhero, and really all of his actions. Um, were kind of um, guided by he by some kind of female um, figure, and that was kind of, that was pretty exciting. Um, and I think, uh, and I know that it, it kind of plays into the the story, right? I don't might not know like how much had to stick to exactly what the old comic books said, um, but. But you know where she came from, and the fact that she had brown hair, go brunette, hey Megan. Um, you know, and and that was that's that to me is is within itself important um, because she was incredibly beautiful, um, but also I think she could not be blonde um, in terms of being this for me this this empowering um, kind of inspirational person who. Uh, you know, looked looked at someone who was maybe putting her down and, and kind of pushed right past it um, and, and looked on it, how she could grow from it. So that was really important. Yeah. No, I think uh, as a couple of really strong points, I think when Frank and I stepped out of the theater, uh, my first thought was how refreshing it is to see a woman who is strong um she physically strong emotionally strong uh intelligently strong for lack of a better word just very smart um in both a uh, strategic sort of intelligence as well as an emotional intelligence she knew how to emotionally connect with anyone that she encountered whether it was on her island with her strong mother, her aunt, her female guardians, or whether in this man's world where all of a sudden she had to encounter a secretary, uh, a military general, uh, uh, all kinds of interesting folks along the way. She knew how to connect with them. Um, so that was one part of that, that female identity that I really admired. Another part of her female identity was, you know, the this scene where she entered the world in what it was supposed to be around the 50s 40s world war one so like clearly i'm not a history major (laughs) (laughs) 
So back in a time, you know, where she's showing up and her her hair is down and exposed she's not wearing makeup she has on a short skirt and heels and kind of a bustier top and the first thought of everyone is oh my gosh we have to cover this up um cover this up don't show your strength um you know i think that was probably her first moment where she said this is how i'm going to figure you out so okay i'll put on the hat i'll put on the oversized uh, ball gown and these uncomfortable shoes and I'll kind of walk around in your world get to know you but as soon as I'm needed as soon as she stepped out of that trench when they were in the warfare and she heard there were innocents on the other side she shed that garb and she said I don't care if you think I'm overly sexualized this is how I fight this is how I show my physical strength I'm going to go out there and I'm going to be exactly who I am and Goodness gracious, like she totally kicked ass. Totally kicked <laughs> ass. Um, you know, and so there's one side of her. The other side of her was how she encouraged everyone around her to rise up. She encouraged Chris Pine, and sorry, I don't remember his real name, but I know who Chris Pine is. Steve Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so she encouraged him to rise you know, not to be a critical thinker, to see, yes, you're in a wartime situation, but think about the impact that you're having on, you know, your strong, your small group of men who are fighting for you, the people that you're encountering in this village, but also to, you know, the U.S. and Britain as a whole. What do you represent? What are you really fighting for? And how should you kind of think about it differently considering this human aspect? that she as a woman can bring to that situation. Um, you know, another point that I, maybe that I didn't like so much about the movie was um, there was a very strong potential for a female villain. Um, yeah. And I don't know if they gave the same amount of justice to that female villain, the chemist is what uh, I think they yeah, called Dr. her. Yeah, Dr. Poison. Yeah. Um, as they did to Wonder Woman, who's your first strong female superhero. Maybe that's something we can touch on in a little more depth, but, you know, that was one part where I was hopeful, I was optimistic. Not only do we get a female superhero who uh, captures that female essence, we have a female villain who just fell short. I don't think they developed her character as much as I hoped they would. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that with our, and maybe it's because they wanted to play it a little bit safe in that Yes, this is probably the most popular female superhero of all time. So they 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 knew they were going to go with her, but they played it safe in that they didn't go with a female villain, and that they went with a male villain. Um, yeah, it, they and they had you know they had her in it. They had Doctor Poison in it. She was sort of a, a side villain, but why they didn't develop her a little bit more, make her more central, and and I was saying this to Megan the other day, like. It's not that they necessarily could even set her up for a future appearance because this movie takes place like a hundred years ago. So like, unless they have another movie that takes place a hundred years ago, uh, I think we're supposed to believe that pretty much everything moving forward, Wonder Woman's going to be in present day. So, yeah, I I think that the timeline is definitely uh, it's interesting. I think that. Uh, you know, just spoilers. I'm sure we were, we were way spoiling the movie already. So if you haven't, um, you know, turn it off by now. You're you're in your right. Uh, I think that it's interesting that they start off kind of with the flashback direct from Batman vs Superman, uh, with the photograph and Bruce Wayne Enterprises and his little handwritten note to Wonder Woman Diana Prince at the Louvre, uh, which I thought was a really great touch. <laughs> I thought that yeah. was really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I uh, I kind of like that you have this, you know, story that, um, first of all, kind of exists within its own right. Uh, I, as much as I really do applaud this movie, like, first of all, when we've seen a really great World 1 uh, movie since, I think, like, you know, maybe before Flyboys. Like, I don't, I don't really know. Um, it, they kind of took a page out of the Marvel Disney notebook of doing a mashup superhero movie and that, you need to kind of genre bend nowadays in order to keep the audience guessing with these origin stories. 
in terms of setting it in World War One. I, um, I think that it totally worked though, and it, and it kicked ass. And uh, you know, I think one of the really cool things about a Wonder Woman sequel, which I'm hoping will be greenlit or discussed any day soon, um, is that they can now go a totally different direction. They have they've done her origin in the most in a pretty puritanical way, uh, you know, with this film. So that anything they really do going forward, they can touch upon new territory. Uh, hopefully they can bring in some good uh, female villains for the sequel and, uh, you know, kind of keep the franchise moving there. Um, you know, what do you think, Shana? Did you did you like where it was in uh, juxtaposed to the other DC movies? Does that matter to you? Do you think this kind of set as a good standalone movie in some ways? I think it could it could go either way. I think that it could fit in really nicely with the other the other storylines, um, and and I think that at the same time I definitely I hear you, Megan, that it would have been nice for there was no reason really I think for they didn't need to have the air, the guy in between the chemist and and the uh, general. Um, I kind of felt like it was it was added, but I I wonder though if they were thinking about not taking away from her kind of glory as Wonder Woman. Um, because one another thing that I was thinking in terms of female participants in the movie is, is if they could have had, I really, AJ and I both really liked his kind of crew that he created. Um, could they have thrown in another woman there? And would that have caused you know, more issue, more, um, like, what what would that have taken away from um, in terms of Wonder Woman's role? And and where else could could they have put in some other women um, to, to build it up even more if it was meant to be a kind of a groundbreaking opportunity? Or were they trying to take it slow so that it really fit in with the other movies? Well, I think it's probably twofold. I think you have kind of the Amazons in the beginning of the movie. You know, you have uh, Antiope and you also have, you know, Hippolyta, who are these two. They're played by very nice actresses. Um, their names escape me at this current time. But they uh, they really do, um, you know, kind of a big job in the supporting characters and that it's they both have to play... Alfred and Martha and Pa Kent at the same time, but also they have to be Leonidas, and that's also super cool. Um, I really liked the look of the Amazons in general and Paradise Island, Thlush, Thibiscira. I thought they had a really... Um, it could have looked one way, and it really didn't. They really went for um, a, a really unique approach to it, and I think it really shined nicely. Uh, I also kind of liked that they didn't go through the origin of all the MacGuffins or all of Wonder Woman's awesome, you know, superpowered uh, weapons. You know, they don't really do the origin for the Lasso of Truth or the Gauntlets of Submission or, uh, you know, the Invisible Jet, which I was kind of hoping for. Um, yeah, they, but they it was let them exist. Like they, they don't yeah. explain everything away, and it, it was kind of refreshing. And, and like you said, like the the island. It, it felt out of time, which was very important. You know, I, I think it it clearly exists. And, and I, I got a lot of, um, like, Thor. You know, the Thor movie, Asgard, felt like a little bit in that, in that sense that it's this mythical place that uh, you have this this race of people. and But, like, at the same time, they don't, you know, when they have Steve, Trevor, and the, uh, the rest of the, the war start to stumble upon this, island they never make it like oh my god it's this island of beautiful women this beautiful warrior women they they just let them kick ass and and fight and basically take everybody out and you know like there are a couple throwaway lines later on where it's like oh wow there's a an island of women and this diana is just from, like you yeah like so uh -huh. but like they they make it cheeky and they don't make it like this you know if anything they kind of reverse the role and have you know <laughs> Wonder Woman like gawking over uh, 
Steve Trevor like when he's naked in the bath. Like so, they kind of flipped the the script there, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, I I I thought that was I thought that was okay. I, I like the bioluminescent bath. That looked kind of fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I think this movie was actually a lot funnier than I was expecting. Um, it was very funny. It was very, very funny. funny. The fish um, out of water humor combined with like the traditional kind of. Uh, Wonder Woman, she doesn't like the old Linda Carter show used to have jokes like this, right. where or or the jokes like where they were on the boat going to London, they would have jokes about st- like stuff like that where you know Diana doesn't realize she's Wonder Woman all the time, and you know ends up making that kind of um, fish out of water style humor. Um, okay. Uh, I do want to talk about the villain a little bit more. I want to drill down into it. Okay, Megan. Um, uh, I am not a big, uh, you know, super Wonder Woman nerd, but I I had not heard of Dr. Poison. Um, Was there, like, you know, another kind of other Wonder Woman villain you may have been, like, hoping for or kind of pulling for in the... Uh, you know, to show up? So I have to be straight. Um, I've only come into this world of superheroes and Marvel and DC over the past four that I've been married to Frank. So (laughs) Totally understandable. My point of I wish they would have characterized the villain a little bit more wasn't necessarily because I wanted a different villain. Um, I think what the villain the maybe represented was more important than the one in particular that they chose. Um, You know, she represented a very uh, poignant theme of World War I, uh, Mm. as well as, dare I go here, uh, a very um, controversial type of topic that's going on in our current world. you know, she represented, on one level, chemical warfare and experimentation, pushing the boundaries of science. She also represented this idea of, you know, uh, regard for the environment, uh, regard for, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, democracy, um, how, what peace really means there were several scenes i remember where the general came in and he was like you know they're talking about peace they're trying to sign these treaties and she was like well they say that but here's my chemical weapon which will end any talks about peace or any talks of treaties um so that to me was what drew me into her as the villain Mm -hmm. um where I feel like they fell short was taking her to that next step um, and really letting her be the true villain, the true nemesis of this movie of Wonder Woman. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah, and I, I feel like they... I, I thought that the, the twist of having um, uh, David Thewlis's character, basically, you know, Professor Lupin from Harry Potter, <laughs> like him actually being the bad guy that we were really looking for, uh, you know, the, the one that ends up being Ares. Like it, it's something that is, was a twist I wasn't expecting because um, like, they're basically telegraphing through the whole movie that it, it's the general guy. Um, so, you know, for it to be, they them to have a twist like that, like why couldn't they have just been like, well, the the actual one pulling the strings is a is a woman uh you know super villain instead of it it being this guy that ends up being pretty one note and it's just like okay he's got this crazy mask that he puts on and she has to fight him and uh it's a a big physical threat but it ends up not being as emotionally Mm -hmm. charged as it could have been i think and why did that was the one point as a woman that i was like oh they did that really where they were in that final battle, she was dragged into it, and they they wanted to make her look ugly by ripping off her mask. And it was like, oh, you had to, and again, the way that words are framed, 
de-masculinize this character. You had to take away her power by taking away her identity. You had to take away this mask that Dr. Poison had to suddenly make her a weaker villain. They made her that weaker villain by making her ugly. And I was really disappointed in that moment of that final villain battle. And then whether, you know, Wonder Woman seeing that and deciding to, whether she was looking at her as another human, whether she was looking at her as a victim of a situation, whether there was pity or whatever it was involved, um, not pinning, you know, woman against woman and her kind of taking that on um, because she didn't, right, she let her go, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, what was that saying? Was that, and, and definitely I hadn't thought about that. It's, you know, a question of beauty and, and, and tolerance and, and that her beauty would allow her to take, take that away or... Um, or if it was something, you know, more positive than that, I'm not sure. I think that's, a, I think it's a great point. And, you know, one of the things, you know, I, I agree with, uh, Frank, but, you know, uh, as well, I thought it was interesting that they kind of used that misdirection. Um, you know, I don't know if it would be crass to say that that came around because they wanted to kind of, uh, you know, avoid what happened with some of the earlier films that they're doing, you know, two of them that come to mind would be kind of how they used the Joker in uh, Suicide Squad and that they kind of put him front and center the whole time, but uh, he's only in a few minutes of the movie or with uh, Doomsday at the end of Batman vs. Superman. But I also kind of agree with Shana, though, that I, I think that they wanted... Uh, wonder woman to stand out they wanted her to be the what you walk out of this movie you know kind of rooting for and wanting to see more of and seeing what happens next in her story and i think they really did a great job of that Mm -hmm. um i'm really excited to see what they do with wonder woman going forward i think that they um a lot of the ground you need to delay before a justice league movie i think was really crucial that they kind of hit all those notes. I think that it's interesting that they went with um, Batman, uh, Superman, and Wonder Woman only to get films before the big Justice League team-up. I think that that is, uh, you know, so- something we can debate, you know, down the line after these movies kind of um, continue to come out. Um, but here's a question I have for um, the ladies, um, is do you think that it's been too long for this to happen or do you think that this is um you know the beginning of something that's about to change do you think that this is going to have any impact on uh, the movies going forward i'll jump in um i feel like there are a couple of different arguments that could be made here so for the uh essence of time i'll focus on two One that, you know, has it been too long that we've had a strong female superhero? Yes. Plain and simple, Marvel dropped the ball. Um, Marvel had Black Widow from the very beginning. She was Scarlett Johansson, who's also a household name. Um, I think both men and women alike can acknowledge the strength, the beauty, the talent that she brings to her character of Black Widow and they never made that solo movie. She has always been a supporting character to all the other male Avengers. Um, So Marvel, you dropped the ball, you lost it. Um, She should have had her own solo movie years ago. Um, So there's my first answer. Um, My second is, is the reason why we finally feel like now that we're able to have a female superhero movie because uh, we've become so saturated with male superhero movies, it's time to change it up. Um, I hope not. Um, I I read a lot of arguments that, you know, we're used to this uh, male superhero phenomenon, similar maybe to the world around us, but 
you know, I think in comic books, there's always been those strong female leads. Um, and it's, I feel like the movie world has been a lot slower than the comic book world in adapting to that. Um, we've become too saturated with this uh, male presence in the movies, probably movies in general, but especially with these superhero comic book heroes, um, you know, it's, it's time to break the mold. And I'm really happy that they chose Wonder Woman to be the hero to break that mold because, again, she is more of a household name than, say, Black Widow. Um, she's had more of that, uh, that presence for comic book readers and non-comic book readers. I think most anyone would tell you who Wonder Woman is and be able to describe her and her character. Um, so it's, I'm glad that they're finally ready to jump into this world of strong female superheroes with Wonder Woman. She is the right one. She's the right choice. And I'm glad that now is the time that she's coming into her, her due credit. I, you know, I think that, that gender expectations and norms and kind of the, the underlying tone that exists, it's, it's a, it was a beautiful movie and it will, I think it, it, it's important and it makes a difference but there are there are a lot more kind of finite changes that that need to continue to happen so when she went into the dressing room and came out in the frilly dresses and then finally went with the outfit identical to his um it was very clearly you know an example of of kind of starting to to break some of those down um and and I think that more and more examples of, of that kind of situation need to start to break into the mainstream. Um, and, and, and that's the thing. It, it doesn't necessarily need to change. It doesn't mean that, that women need to be more masculine. Or, um, but I think that it means that more, example, more positive examples, both leading and sidekick characters, need to start to break down some of the expectations, um, making it less about beauty uh, when it comes to women and more about skills and strength and knowledge. Um, and I don't think that it, I don't think that it, you know, stops at superhero movies. I think it, it starts and, and stops and, and goes in every direction with kind of all aspects of, of what we do. Um, and I, and I think that it's, it's, it's the responsibility of this community um, that I think, you know, and I don't want to get attacked by a million uh, comic book fans. Uh, but, oh, oh, yeah, because there's millions of comic book fans uh, listening. Yeah, you know, so, you know <laughs> like that, that I just think that it's a male-dominated field um, and, and that it's, it's going to be important to break down stereotypes and expectations and pressure um, on, on, on women to dress a certain way, um, and, and to look at, maybe, maybe to look at Comic-Con and, and, you know, we know what, what costumes are there, um, and, and what is it, and, and thinking about, you know, rather than how naked can I be, um, which is my experience in picking up, um, Ryan and his Chewbacca costume from, from Comic-Con, you know, I haven't attended, um, but starting, if we're thinking specifically about this world, thinking about it, taking smaller steps, and then also thinking about it, that it, it doesn't end here. Um, and that there's a lot more ways to start to, to break it down and to think about it um, when we're imparting these values of strength and, and nurturing and, and all of the really important parts of being a woman that, that she exemplified. Um, and, and emotional intelligence, bringing it right back to what you said in the beginning. Um, that you, you can't be missing that piece uh, and, and kind of focusing on that um, and using that as, I think, her most powerful weapon in the movie. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I think we have to go, and it's, it's in the hands very much of the people who make these movies, but it's in our hands as well. Well, I think, it, I think you're right. I think that we definitely can vote with our, our dollars, and I think that people did. Um, but so to answer your point though, like a lot of, 
um, strong female leads in movies, you know, kind of thinking maybe going back to like the Hunger Games. Right. You know, has kind of started (laughs) coming around. Then you have, you know, uh, all the little YA offshoots of that, the, you know, that, that that came around with other strong yeah. female leads, and then you Game look at Thrones, even, right? Game of Thrones has tons the of them. Badass women. And then Star even Wars, something yeah, like I Star am. Wars: Force Awakens, absolutely, Frank. Rogue One, yeah. Uh, Rogue One as well. You know, a lot of these are turning to the strong, you know, female lead protagonist. Um, what are you? What? Is, I've been seeing this a lot, and I think we've been, you know, kind of hinting at it, and, and I don't mean to kind of put both of you on the spot, but, like, do you think this is a movie for feminism? Does this make, you know, I, I, like, people, I, I don't think that it that it cures, you know, all the ails that people face and, and, and struggles, but I do think it's a big victory. Do you guys think so as well, or is this kind of like a false victory in some ways? Um, you know, the... Feminism is, I think, the key word that you were going for, and my my personal opinion is that the goal of feminism is to be a an unknown word. You know, women should be equal to men in every sense of the way. Um, and so, to a lot of Shana's points, if if women are no longer just the sidekicks. Or if we're no longer just the sex factor, um, if we are portrayed in all films as a contributing member of the film, emotionally, uh, uh, strategically, physically, um, you know, that's that's what we're going for. It doesn't have to be a lead female in every single movie to suddenly feel like we're moving the feminist agenda forward. It needs to be a, a realistic and empowering vision of all women in all movies. Yeah, and, and I feel like this movie, because they said it a hundred years ago, they were able to kind of like give themselves a, a little bit of, not an excuse, but just kind of feel like they don't have to go quite as far because they're like, oh, well, it's 100 years ago and this is the way it was back then with, with men kind of running the show and with uh, all, like the entire army, all men, and the like when she walked into the the uh, the government and it was all men and it was strange for her to be the in there. The thing is so different now. Exactly. It's like, not. It, it's <laughs> not. Exactly. And so, like, so they, they did that, but it, it makes me wonder, like, okay, well, now that they're going to bring her to the present day, like, sure, we've seen her in Batman v Superman, and but, you know, will the next Wonder Woman movie, like, have something else to say about that, about all the way that men dominate everything, and uh, how, how are they going to defy expectations and and you know will they have like i think one of either megan or shana said this before but like if, if she's got her own team of quote-unquote helen commandos like will there mm-hmm. be women on the team like if she's fighting with an army like like so it's interesting um i think they they did what they had to do but they they definitely played it safe um so i don't know shana do you think that uh, this movie is is a, 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 pro, a proponent of feminism, or or did they feel like they uh, that it actually fell short? I think I think it was awesome. I think it was great. I think it was uh, a, a confidence booster. I felt myself wanting to fly around and beat the shit out of people <laughs> more often than I usually do. No, I'm just kidding. But I I I I, I felt good. Um, I felt confident from watching it. Um, I, I think that, uh, I think that it was inspiring and, and creates a very positive mold for what I would, you know, hope to, to, to look up to or to have someone that I care for look forward to being like as well. Feminism is, again, like it's a complicated word. Um, and I think. I think that there there were definitely things that that touched on on changing 
the norms and the expectations. Uh, but, you know, continuing also to, to still utilize some, some already existing uh, kind of storylines, like Megan said. Sure. Um, so we've been drilling down hard. Let's, you know, one of the things we really like to kind of talk about is um, uh, the music in these movies. Um, I really dig the uh, Wonder Woman theme that Hans did in Batman vs. Superman. I'm so glad that they brought it back. Yeah. I was bummed he wasn't actually the guy who was doing the music for this film, but Frank, what did you guys... Frank, Megan, what did you guys think? Did you enjoy the soundtrack for this one? Yeah, you know, I, and it's funny, like, that you mentioned Hans Zimmer. Um, I do think he, he uh, said a, a couple months ago that he's pretty much done with uh, superhero movies. So, yeah, it is kind of a shame that uh, we didn't get more of him. But having that theme return, uh, similar to, to our conversation a few weeks ago about Guardians, like, having a theme song for a superhero mm -hmm. movie is, like, so key. And even it's like it's so exotic i think that's maybe one of the best ways to describe it and it it it's got that driving force forward that you know it was one of the highlights of batman v superman you know when when wonder woman basically stole the show in the final scene and but having that music behind her was really impactful and you know having it here was great but i mean the rest of the soundtrack was was really awesome too and um i did come out of it like humming something i was like there's something else in there that you know maybe it sounds familiar or maybe it's just so catchy that i'm like oh you know maybe that's another theme that they're going for and um so it'll be interesting to see if, if they they bring that back in later on too agreed <laughs> um, i think the tune that i was humming coming out of it was the the electric guitar the like da -da -da -da. yeah like yeah. that whole thing i was like yeah i got that coming out of it um which is exciting to feel that music was a part of her movie. Um, it definitely drove her character forward in a really positive way. I feel that I noticed something funny that I don't know if it existed or if I made it up or <laughs> how, if you find something like this, if you find out whether or not it was real. But when he was, Chris Pine, was sitting in the hot tub, um, with the bioluminescence, I feel very strongly that they were playing the starting chords to part of your world, like do 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 do, and then so I really, I don't know if I was imagining that, but I I really am very curious to find out if that is a like I I really you know. I don't know how to find out if that's something that someone else was thinking or yeah. if it just happens to be that they felt like they needed some kind of watery music and it ended yeah. up being like in the same <laughs> line as that. But then Maybe there's some of, parallel to draw between like, like Chris Pine mermaid. and Ariel. Yeah. yeah like, but this whole transformation. Stuff, isn't it neat? Like, you know, <laughs> like, it's like coming into this beautiful new world, um, you know, Maybe it exists, maybe it doesn't. I'll pretend it does for now. It, it's okay, <laughs> baby. If anybody agrees with Shada, please let us know. Yeah. I mean, I would but say I'll, be, if this... I'll be searching for whether or not that happened. Yeah. <laughs> if this was a Marvel movie, I would say 100%. Yeah, I would say 100%, actor. yes. But it may just be more coincidental, but it's, yeah, no. And it's funny that you mentioned something about uh, his character being... Uh, you know, in a new place, but it's like in, in some elements, he was a fish out of water on her Island, but you know, they definitely flipped the script and had her be that way in the real world too. So you have a little bit of both. Um, right. <laughs> I like that. I thought that that was a good, um, uh, you know, ploy. I really liked, uh, Chris Pine. I think that this is one of his, one of his best movies. Um, you know, yeah. I think we all really identify him as the new um, Captain Kirk. I don't think anyone identifies him as the Captain Kirk, but he is certainly a Captain Kirk. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, I think that this was a really cool um, role for him, and he, he played it really nicely. I thought that he kind of, you know, 
fit the soldier spy kind of scoundrelly dude um well uh, i i'm i'm bummed that he uh i don't think he'll be making it to the sequel but uh it was yeah he was really good yeah i agree i mean it's funny because they i feel like again how this movie sort of took some elements from thor i think they also took a lot from captain america um but you know and in that he sort of was a little captain america e but he was had his own like motivations he wasn't quite so you know clean clean cut and uh basically i don't know patriotic like you know yeah he's not a voice he's not boy scout not boy scout right but and i and i said this to megan before we went to the movie i was like i feel like you need to prepare yourself (sighs) that chris pine might die in this film and you know for whether or not it was an actual death scene, but like it's set a hundred years ago. So either way, we probably, this is the last we're going to see of him, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I know Megan has probably a lot to say about Chris Pine <laughs> and Steve Trevor. <laughs> that, uh, that could be a whole discussion unto itself. I'm afraid for those who don't know, my maiden name is Pine. So Chris <laughs> Pine and I go way back together as long lost souls. Um, so I'll try to put that aside as um, <laughs> I think through his character. Um, no, I, I think he, he, the greatest thing that came to my mind every time I saw his character interacting with Wonder Woman was um, curiosity. Um, and I mean that in the most genuine, innocent way. Like he was genuinely curious in her world, maybe why we heard Ariel's theme song. Um, But he was genuinely curious about what motivated her. He was genuinely curious about, well, like, how strong are you? He was genuinely curious about what do you want to do next? What is your vision? He he let that curiosity uh, uh, kind of move their friendship, their relationship forward i think that's what enabled him to let her be the hero um which is what i think was most important for his character to do yeah and like he was not afraid to step aside and be like oh wait you got this go for it like Mm -hmm. how many times was he like no wait don't oh actually no i think you got this it's Mm -hmm. fine like and so that was a really cool uh take on things and sort of that reversal of roles so you know Never did they play Diana as a damsel in distress. Mm-mm. And, like, not that they, they flipped it so much that they made him a damsel Mm-mm. or whatever you would call the equivalent, but, you know, I think it was appropriate that he uh, definitely let her shine and never stole the show and that he was definitely a, a side player. And, uh, but, no, I, I agree. I think this is probably one of his more memorable roles than, uh, in, in addition to Captain Kirk. Yeah, and... Uh, it's really I think he they did a great job casting him. I think he he did a great job in the movie. Uh one of the other things I really love about this movie, I think it's pretty light on its feet. I think it moves really really well in a lot of the same ways that kind of like The Force Awakens kind of moves in that you have exposition scenes where you see her character develop, but then it kind of continues right along with the action. It never feels like you're, you know, doing those segue walking through the palace kind of you know, intrigue scenes in some ways. I really yeah. liked how every beat kind of took you to the next uh, beat story-wise. I really enjoyed yeah. uh, kind of the, the ragtag group that they put together, the uh, not Howling Commando guys. <laughs> um, they were pretty They were pretty funny. I liked their comic relief. Um, I think that pretty much the standout for me is definitely the No Man's Land scene. I thought that was awesome um it's so put a uh point on a concept that you know is you know hasn't really had its kind of cinematic moment the way that d-day has had its cinematic moment or um apollo 13 or uh, those other kind of historical depictions of some kind of great cataclysm uh so i think that in if 
you know, if Justice League, is, you know, is totally a bad movie, like, I think that this movie, and especially the No Man's Land scene, um, do transcend, you know, into movie history for sure. I thought she, the action scenes that she does in this film are awesome. Really incredible stuff. And and it it's also really cool as people who lived in Israel for some time, like Gal Gadot, like represents you know a lot of the Israeli kind of sensibility. She's insanely, incredibly popular over there, and I think that you know Jews are all around the world are kind of proud and and happy um, to have you know uh, Gal Gadot, this Israeli woman, play Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely did an incredible job, and like I think having her, and I mean, I, I kind of assuming here a little bit, but using I know she has an accent in real life, and so using her true accent in this film I think says a lot. And for basically all the Amazon women mm-hmm. to adopt that accent is is huge, huge for Israeli women, huge for. Uh, diversity in a sense that it's like you don't need to be kind of like Shana was saying before you don't need to be uh blonde blue-eyed tall like this stereotypical like women to be a superhero like you you can be diverse you can be curvy you can have an accent yeah like yeah have wrinkles oh yeah yeah. (laughs) thank goodness yeah, I thought it was also kind of cool how, and a, a little bit sad also, in a little bit of a way, this movie is pre- is very global. It's a it's one of the first, and kind of Wonder Woman as her character seems more of kind of a globally focused, you know, superhero in that she's not really tied to America or the U.S. or North America at all, and it was interesting to see kind of this movie play out so separately from the U.S. in a way that, like, well, here's this, you know, Wonder Woman, you know, there's been tons of, you know, comics back from the day of, you know, her involved in the front and that kind of stuff. But I think it was really interesting and maybe a little bit sad that, that, you know, this is such a global movie. You know, it, um, you know, it, said in a selfish kind of sick way in that like well you know we, you know this past this past week in mind uh right pl- you know paris climate accords. i know yeah yeah how how appropriate was it to have you know have this movie to come out right now that we we need a wonder woman in the real world mm-hmm. um but yeah no it it's it's really interesting that you say that though that the the flip side in in Marvel, you know, have Captain America literally he is American soldier and it's in his title and uh, in I think in the future with um, Captain Marvel as we get Carol Danvers on the screen, you know, a couple of years still, but she also her origin story is an American soldier and so it's it's probably a really good thing that they went this route and had her be more of a global character that a lot more people can relate to, not just Americans. And I think that's probably going to do it more justice, uh, no pun intended, uh-huh. <laughs> down the road. Um, as, you know, hopefully, like, getting sequels and, and have her appear in, in the Justice League movie and uh, for her to be more of a character that everyone can relate to than just Americans. All right. Um, so yeah, I dug it. I hope you all dug it too. Um, any anything else anyone wants to add? I think my only other thoughts here are um, maybe how this movie kind of relates to the other DC movies, at least the DC EU that, that have been released. You know, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, and kind of like what's to come, maybe. Um, Sure. Um, yeah, I, I think talking about Wonder Woman in relationship to the other movies, I think it's kind of a it's a false equivalency. You know, we've seen Batman, you know, in eight different films. You've seen Superman in uh, seven something. different films, yeah. I think. You yeah. know, there have been, uh, you know, there's about to be 
seven Spider-Man film iterations. There's a lot. So I think that it's kind of hard to put this kind of on the same scale as those other movies in the way that they kind of stand out in cinema history alone. Um, But I think that in terms of this movie, it had a lot of elements that me as like a big Superman fan was like, wow, they kind of got a lot of elements of Superman's character right in this movie that I really wish that they had kind of played out in uh, Man of Steel. And they kind of got uh, a little bit of the dynamic of the daily life of these heroes that I would have liked to have seen maybe in Batman in uh, Batman vs Superman that kind of get with Wonder Woman here and definitely don't get with Batman in, in Suicide Squad. I also think that this movie played it the most safe in terms of the way that it was marketed. I don't think that it was ambitiously marketed or as aggressively marketed as the other films. I think that they were I, I don't I guess they were conservative in terms of what they wanted to put out there to the audience. So, you know, I think that that helped. I hope that they take this as a sign going forward that, yes, you can do your big uh, billboards in Times Square, but no, you don't need to give away the fourth act of the movie. No, you don't have to just pin your hopes for the success of the movie on the villain. Like, that you can really rely on the characters and that if you're true to the characters, the fans are going to show up. And I think that, if anything, that's what DC Warner Brothers really learned from this, is that you have to just stick to, you know, honoring the source material. And in a lot of ways, I think that Wonder Woman has done that in a way that the other DCEU movies never really even could have, because we've seen so many different iterations of them. Right. So, at this point, um, I think that Wonder Woman in... is, a, is kind of a stand-on-its-own movie in a lot of ways. And I, I'm curious to see how they play her character going right up into Justice League. I would have thought after the way that Suicide Squad ended, they would have played a little bit more with that at the ending of Wonder Woman and maybe give it a supposed credit scene. I don't understand why Warner Brothers doesn't want to do that. Uh, but just to round off my thought here, I, I do think that the other movies have... Uh, they had, I don't want to say they had bigger hills to climb. They had higher expectations to meet. And this movie, because our expectations with DC have been somewhat lowered, um, I think that it, they totally benefited from that. But they totally benefited from doing right by the source material and, and honoring the way a fan wants to be marketed a superhero movie we want to see the hero front and center not the villain and not the fourth act you know twist at the end of the movie right so while wonder woman did a better job of portraying wonder woman as a character than like say man of steel did as compare uh showing superman as a character maybe this movie should be more compared to uh christopher reeve superman and tim burton batman as you know something of the first iteration of of the character on screen than you know this particular dceu where they've sort of mucked it up a little bit and had some missteps and missed opportunities <laughs> we have to get yeah. that in of course yeah. <laughs> I, I totally think so because um look at the way that the, you know those other movies kind of avoided but paid tribute to the story beats you've already seen And the way that Wonder Woman kind of takes story beats you know from an origin story and kind of turns them on their head in in certain ways where when you have Hippolyta coming to, you know, uh, get Wonder Woman and Chris Pine right before they're about to go on their adventure, I think it would be very movie cliche to have Hippolyta, like, make this big, you know, last stand argument about why she can't go to the world of men and why it's, you know, much, you know, so horrible and she can't go. I think they took a big zag there and were like, no, like you have to go and figure it out. And I can't really stop you from doing that. You know, you go in your own way in the similar way where at the end of the film, where 
you know, she's kind of been pinning all of her hopes for the end of the war on defeating uh, this one character. Whereas when she doesn't, she kind of has her whole kind of belief system kind of rattled that like, no, like just because you pin blame and assign blame to someone who you appear to be the bad guy doesn't mean that they're just going to be the end all be all victory to whatever personal battles you're trying to fight. And I think that that is kind of a really big zag in these superhero movies that you get. Whereas there is no big portal in the sky. There is no get to the access point. It is literally like face your biggest fear and live up to your ultimate destiny or do not and live with the consequences. And I think that bringing the story down to that kind of small level um, really makes for a really impactful and hugely uh, unorthodox superhero third and fourth act. Uh, so I, I'm, I think that that stuff is super exciting and that ultimately will kind of separate this movie, I think, um, from kind of the, the grumbling and the funk that has come along with the DCEU. I think that really where this film stands, you know, within it will only be determined by whether or not Justice League is actually a good movie. Um, and a good movie in the sense that it should feel in a lot of ways like how we saw Avengers. It should feel kind of like a ride, like something you've never experienced before in a way that it, it's never, you know, happened on screen. And I think that they're a little bit, you know, at fault because, of course, they're doing it, um, you know, second. They're, right. you know, later to come to the party. But I still think that there's hope there and that, that, that they really could do something very different than the Avengers and what the Avengers are. And the way that the group dynamic is in the Justice League is very different than the Avengers. And I think that uh, that is something that if played off well, really will create something that um, will stand on its own in the future, but hopefully lead the rest of this, you know, connected franchise to uh, brighter and more successful um, solo hero entries. Yeah. And similar to what you were saying, like the, the fact that Wonder Woman was such a success and that she was a highlight in Batman v Superman, and that she is kind of a center to this team, you know. Whereas, say in the Avengers, you've got Black Widow, but she's very much a supporting character. Like, you definitely get the sense that while yes, Bruce is kind of leading in a way. I think Wonder Woman has more experience, and she's ultimately going to be able to lead this team in a way that we haven't seen before. So, I think they at least have the upper hand in that way. Um, over Marvel, so uh, yeah, I mean everything yeah, and, that we've so and far. And that's the big group dynamic in Justice League, in in, in yeah. them all the time is who is really running the show, and it always kind of seems, you know, from the animated show and the comics, that it kind of goes between you know Superman and you know Batman, but Batman always is like neglectful and doesn't want anything to do with it and kind of backs out yeah. all the time. So I think it's very interesting that they're setting up that he's kind of the leader this time around, whereas. Traditionally, you know, he's, you know, usually the um, the guy always trying to sneak out of the watchtower. Uh, so, yeah, listen, I'm very excited about what this means for superhero movies going forward. I think that um, if no, if nothing else, I think that this definitely lights a fire under Marvel's ass to get on it and to make sure that the staff on uh, Captain Marvel is you know, as tip-top shape as they can. I think that with the way that Captain Marvel is shaping up, it's a cosmic character, so they can kind of go in the direction that Guardians goes in yeah. and be more reverent, be more colorful, not have to feel so tied down to Earthbound uh, issues. Um, but, you know, who knows? Um, I don't know. I'm really excited about it. It was really fun to go see it with you, Shannon. It was, it's always nice to go and see these films um, with my friend. Aww. <laughs> um, I yeah. Love so, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, it's been real. Final thoughts, anybody? I really enjoyed this movie. I think it was uh, a highlight. You know, a, great to have another awesome superhero movie in 2017. Guardians was a hit. Um, 
but it, it has gotten me more excited for the DC movies, optimistic about uh, Justice League, opti- optimistic about female-led superhero movies like Captain Marvel. Maybe they will decide to greenlight a uh, Black Widow movie after seeing how successful this one was. Who knows? But We're going to also be getting a uh, Batgirl movie from Joss Whedon. Yes. Yeah. That'll be... That'll be really cool. I think I'm interested to see what they do with that. Yeah. Any other thoughts, Megan? No. No other thoughts. Just genuinely uh, excited for the direction that they're going. Um, Yeah. Gal Gadot is my new personal female superhero. I'm a big fan. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. And, uh... Every week, we are excited to have a new episode of uh, the Long Lost Years podcast. Um, hopefully, we'll have another one here coming up in a week or two. Um, AJ, do you have any ideas of, of what we might go over next? Oh, my God. What's, what is even coming up next? Well, we've got Spider-Man Homecoming in about a month. We've got um, Transformers, but I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, I think... You and I, I would really like to do a listener feedback episode. I think that sure. would be pretty fun. I'm happy to like you know sit and like, just have the phone lines open. And people <laughs> can call in. Um, yeah, I mean, we might have another news week. Uh, that's something with a lot of news, like sort of earlier in the podcast. And um, I think as we get a little bit closer to Comic Con, there'll probably be a lot to cover. Um, but I, I think we may be doing a uh, pre Game of Thrones. Uh, expectations i'm so down for that i can't wait for the i can't wait to return to westeros yeah Yeah, because that's i think mid-july too so we've got a little bit of time but anyway it's been great chatting with you both and and megan uh it's awesome that you guys joined us this week i think it was really helpful to have the female perspective but yeah of course um so otherwise uh we are the long lost heroes um you can find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LLH Podcast. Uh, you can find us online at uh, longlostheroes.net. You can email us at info at longlostheroes.net. Uh, you can sc- subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, you can search for us, Long Lost Heroes Podcast, and uh, sign up for the RSS feed. And we really, really, really appreciate any ratings, reviews that you have, feedback. Um, it's been really great to have some awesome supporters. So, um, Anything else? I think this has been a great episode and uh, can't wait to have another one. So thanks, everybody. Thank you very much, everyone.